Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, episode 817. I'm your host, the Real Joe Quinn, on this Wednesday, March 16th, uh, 2020, uh, 2022. Um, again, similar to last Wednesday, this podcast was not planned, uh, was not regularly scheduled, but the NFL has invoked its own version of March Madness um, with what's transpired What's the, the last couple of weeks, uh, we thought, you know, thought we were going to get at least a week off or a couple of days off, but Selection nope. Sunday, you know, Kevin Garnett retirement ceremony, Tom Brady was like, nah, just move, just move right along over. And uh, of course, yeah, I mean, what are my, what are my matters here? Uh, I'm joined to discuss this, of course, with one Rob Sapp. Uh, how you doing, Mr. How you doing this evening, Mr. Sapp? Uh, so, for historical purposes, it is 7.36 p.m. on Wednesday, uh, March, what is it, 16th, 16th yeah, 16th. 2022, yep. and I could not be in a better mood. <laughs> As I was saying to you, after a very long day, I couldn't be in a better mood. Let's go. So, we're going to get to... Great! Well, well, We'll get to why such why we'll get to why uh, Mr. Sapp is in a uh, great mm-hmm. mood. Um, yeah, as we uh, you know, and for free agency is in full you know full gear. But we're going to begin with uh, one Tom Brady who decided after forty days that he was not about this retirement life anymore. Um, he comes back to Tampa Bay. Um, Announces it via Twitter, or one of it was via Twitter, Instagram. Maybe it may have been both, but whatever. Over social media, he was in London, you know, chopping it up with Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, so he comes back. No one was. I mean, I didn't see anybody react like this is just shocking. Um, I was surprised, um, to be honest with you. Um, and he comes back with Tampa Bay. Now, there are a lot of things that, you know, come out, you know, where not some things that I'm sure that you'll talk about, uh, you know, basically Tampa Bay, in, in essence, is somewhat may have called his bluff that he probably wanted that, you know, thoughts that he may want to be with the 49ers, but he was under contract and Tampa Bay was not going to bend, nor should, nor should they have. Um, but the bottom line is he's back. Um, and, I think that I'll say this. I was very, I was very, I was more than ready to put the Tom Brady era behind me as far as just as an NFL fan and despite, you know, he's the GOAT, what have you. Very, like, I had moved moved my mind past Tom Brady being quarterbacking. Like, I had, like, NFL is in a great place right now as far as young quarterbacks up and coming. We've seen kind of that old guard, Peyton Mannings, and, those guys, Brett Favre, and all those guys, most of those guys, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, move along. Um, so I had like Brady retiring was like, all right, cool, cool. But you know, coming him coming back, and I listen. You can't knock Tom Brady coming back. That is clearly the NFL is better for the NFL more. That gives an extra good team in the NFL. They'll get five or six primetime games and great matchups and what have you. But um, Tom Brady is, you know, he's 2022. 
And what I mean by that is he is he's he's attention. He this is he wants the attention. Let's be fair about that. He wants the attention. He's producing a movie where he's going to be starring in, in terms of a documentary. We've seen it over the past five years with the time versus time on Facebook, with uh you know the man in the arena, and what have you. So it, Tom is this who this who Tom is right now. He he wants the attention. He wants uh he doesn't mind a spotlight or two, and this was not again. I shouldn't. I, I'm not saying he should. He should give a shit about Kevin Garnett or the selection Sunday, but you know, this knew what he was doing with in terms of the time, and he and did not mind that he put the likes of Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers on the back burner uh, to have his day in the sun. And I also, again, to me, I said this said this to you. I also think it was a matter of he did not want want to see. He wanted to kind of like direct his own narrative and steer his own narrative as far as, yeah, I'll retire when I want to retire and not when the media reports it and, and, and what have you. So he's back. Um, they are, you know, you got, you got the center back, Ryan Jensen. Uh, so he's trying to recruit some guys right now. You, I expect Gronkowski to come back to, uh, to uh, Tampa. Uh, that's probably, that's going to, that's more than likely going to happen. So, you know, they'll be right there. As far as a Super Bowl contender and, and what have you, uh, what were your thoughts when you heard this? And as we and what are your thoughts now, thirty six hours later? Yeah. Um. So, like, I mean, like when when I initially heard it, it was shocked and stunned and all that. Um. You got my raw reaction. Um. But of course, like I've I've had time to think about it and process it and and and, and make it make it into something that that makes sense. And what really crystallized it, I can't remember what show I was uh, listening to, but they played an older interview, a much younger Tom Brady. They were talking about. I think the question was, "What makes you afraid?" I don't know if this this is played nationally at night because I haven't really been listening to national at all. Uh, but uh, but the way that he answered it, he said, "What." The qu- when he answered the question, what makes him afraid, he said not playing football anymore, like not having the routine and the rigors and everything like that and not having 80,000 people cheer your name. He went through that, but it was the way that he said it, like you could tell the literal anxiety and that I would have said was five years ago, uh, if not more. Um, he gave that interview. So I say that to say when I settled down on everything. Um, the thing that makes me laugh in my head is that he spent two months with his family and said, nope, I'm good. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> um, your, your, your first point that you made to me um, that very night has always has continued to ring, ring true that night and continues to ring true when you say um, he has to control his narrative. You're 1,000% correct on that. He has to control that narrative when he does say. But I think then the third thing, that, and I, the reason why I brought it that first one was also control the neg- narrative. Um, I did believe before this that Tom Brady would retire before he went out on the shield. I no longer believe that. I think Tom Brady retires when the NFL retires him. I, I think that was the last kind of graceful retirement moment. Um, maybe if he wins another Super Bowl, that's the ending. And he maybe he reflects and says, maybe I should have went out that way. Maybe if he wins another chip, maybe that will be the thing that where he'll do a drop the mic moment then. 
but only then. Other than that, I think this is a man that has no plan B. Plan A is play football till I get carried off of that field. And yeah, I think I, that's what this I, that's what this is solidified more than anything from me. Like, oh, Tom Brady's never going away till somebody puts him away. So it's gonna be on a, it's gonna be on a player NFL team to to retire him or his play retire him consistently over time. So I don't think we're we're I say that to say I don't think we're looking at a graceful end for Tom Brady, unless he wins another chip, which we'll discuss. But I don't know. And I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't think that will retire him. I think if he's playing at a high level, I, at a pro bowl, all pro type level, I don't think. Because how many chips can you have? He's one No, no, no I agree. I, 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 I agree. That's why I say maybe, but that's just I honestly think you're that this solidified Tom Brady wants to be carried off that field. Yeah. No. I, I Yeah. I completely agree with that. All right. Like he. So. Here's the thing, and he's he's in the majority. That that's the majority of athletes that have ever played in any sport. You have to literally care. Like the guys who have walked away near at the top, or we that, were I mean, we were, we're giving talking, him more credit because we were like he's Tom Brady. Maybe he's got something figured out that no. But you're one thousand. I mean, look at the list of boxers. Just go. Yeah. Look at yeah. them. I'm just gonna stick. I'm just gonna stick to NFL players. Sure. We we be here all night with just athletes in general, but just NFL players. Like you got, yeah, you got carry, you got carry these motherfuckers off the field, or they just gotta not get a call back from a team. Or, or I'll like, never or, forget or, like, the, the last injury. play Jim Kelly had. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. It just, it just is a fact. You're right. It's just a fact. It's just a fact of life. There have been it two is guys. the oddball that doesn't go out that way. There have been two guys, two notable guys that I can think of in the history of the sport, all-time greats, Barry Sanders and Jim Brown. That's that's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> now, yeah, there have been some lesser guys that have went out, but I'm talking about in terms of great, great, all-time great players. And that, in both that, of those yeah. cases, there were extenuating circumstances, yes, right? very, very yeah. extenuating circumstances. Yeah, Barry Sanders, the franchise retired him, basically. He's just, I just literally can't play here anymore. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And like we already said with Jim Brown, you know, it was, he he could make more money doing something else, period. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. Football was not the highest paying thing. It just wasn't. No. No. So, it's, it's tough. (laughs) <laughs> what you're basically saying is it is tough as an athlete to have the forethought to be like, I should I should stop playing now because I don't want to whatever the thing in the future. They're just not wired that way. And they shouldn't be. That's what makes them do this. They're just not wired that way. And you know, you talk about the family thing, like it's always, it's it just always makes so me laugh. With your family it's it's a, an easy joke, it's low hanging fruit, but it just makes me laugh. It does. It, it's it's hilarious, especially football. Football, you play think about it. You know, other sports, other sports like baseball, basketball, you're traveling all the time. There are eighty two games, hundred and sixty two games in baseball. Football, you're playing only one game a week 
So even on, even when you're traveling, you don't leave till what, like Thursday or Friday to go to respect the other city, and that's it. Like it's not, and it's only what it's you know. From I don't know, bro. I think of all the practice time and everything like that. I think you would ask any football player, and they would say they probably see their family never. Because think about it, by the time they're getting up and coming back, everybody's going to sleep or still sleep. So even though, yeah, you might be in the same place, you don't see them. So I can't, like, like I respect how hard they work. I really no, this, this, no, 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 no. This not have nothing to do with the, the work. That's, we're not, I'm not talking, spending that. time is not necessary. Just because you're in the same city doesn't mean you're spending time with your family. But I'm hey, saying, though, compared to other sports, like kind of, like, I, I don't even think this is. A, I don't think that's a fair comparison. I just think I think the hours that you put in, it at the practice facility, football, weightlifting, training, everything like that. I don't think you're factoring that in right now. I think it's ultimately. I think ultimately to say, um, I, I just don't think you even need to parse piece of parcels out. Uh, professional athletes. Don't get to spend any time with their family. That's the sacrifice. That is. Yeah, it's I mean, it's part of it. Sacrifice. It's the absolute sacrifice. It is. Now, you know, he his he he has a pretty good family life comparatively. Not even talking about his own money, the family structure, and still, he's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Not nah, good. It's not like he's gonna go home when there are seventeen kids climbing, climbing all over his head. No, they got a pretty good infrastructure, and still he's like, I can't do this. Yeah, but I, yeah, the fam- But even with that, I still never bought the fam- the family thing. I, I just, I just never did. Like, I, I, yeah, I, bought, I, I just part, think all the these things. It, in terms of spending time, the part of it I bought. Here's the part of it that I did buy. I, I did buy his wife being concerned about his in, like concussions. That that part I did. But as far well, as to go into that even further, I was like, why is this new news? Why is this now suddenly impacting? We've been hearing that for years. Right. She's never liked it. So why is what made this time different? The only thing that made it different to me initially when I was listening was because he was bringing it up. I was like, why is he bringing this up? That's the only thing that made it different to me. But, yeah, to your point, I didn't understand why it was being brought up. So never cared about that before. Let me get back to. So let's get let me get. So let me get back to uh, an original question from a standpoint of if you're going to come back after 40 days, why the hell you retire in the first place? Exactly. So because and and so his father comes out. His father, you know, we know how close he is to his father. His father, a lot of times, it is his mouthpiece. Let's be honest. Like he'll, his father will say something, and you th- you know that's what Tom Brady's thinking, um, in a lot of ways. So his father basically comes out this week and says, "Hey, you know, the media kind of pushed him into retirement um, with the reporting and what have you, and da 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 da." da. I have no problem with him defending his son. He are that that's his son, but but his father from that standpoint is full of shit. Like no one can force you to retire. He could have came out easily after the season, and said, "Look, I'm gonna take some time, and then make a decision. I'm not announcing anything. I will 
I will pay you know my respects to Tampa Bay in regards to their timetable. And I, like he did, he came back, went around free agency, and so he came back before they were free agents started, basically, so they could sign some uh, sign sign some guys. But he didn't have to fucking retire. Like, like what? What are we talking about here? He's like you're Tom Brady, like or any athlete. You don't have like no one unless somebody unless nobody wants you anymore. From that standpoint, you didn't have to retire. I have a little theory I just thought of. Do you think he wasn't happy about the that he didn't get his flowers? Is this is he is he is part of the reason why he's coming back? Is he trying? Does he want to milk this getting him getting his flowers? Nah, the real no, I don't think. Don't make this. This one though, you don't even have to go that deep. We we already we already broke this down. He's it's just that simple. You really even have to go to. There's no anything to your point. Like I like to to your point is why did he retire in the first place? Um, that that would be the question for somebody to, to track down. Why did he retire in the first place? Um, if you ask me quite simply, um, quite simply, it's what you're supposed to do at this time in your life. And I think somebody compared it to just like a general midlife crisis, like a lot of us are going through in, in middle age. You're like, oh, half my life is gone. What's going on? Right. Um, but, uh, so he, so he had that in Tom Brady fashion. So I'll try this retirement thing out for 40 days. Nah, I'm good. I'm going to go back to trying to win. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't think there was any depth of thought to this in terms of like me unretiring will be anything else. I think controlling the narrative. I think that definitely if, if, if I focus my anger on anybody, I'm going to focus it on Shafter. Whoever fuck told Shafter that and, and did all these things. Um, because whatever. Brady, whatever. That gets it. I don't care. Point being, um, I do agree that that is part of that narrative of having him unretire. Why he retired in the first place, I think that was all Brady in his head. And his family, probably why he brought up his family, his family in his ear, you should retire. This is the time to retire. You should retire. This is the time to retire. Because also the other thing I didn't understand was he had he was consistently on the record. 45 is when he thought he could play to. Right. Why retire at 44? That made no sense. When the thing you the goal you been for was 45, why stop a year early? A year earlier, the year you didn't win the championship. None of it was tracking in the terms of making sense. The only thing that made sense was 44-year-olds in the NFL supposed to retire. You're not supposed to be playing this good at this time in your career. Um, that's the only thing that would potentially make it make sense. But other than that, it did make sense on any level. It did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, listen. His reasoning for coming, his reasoning for coming back. I mean, that we don't. That that's not even a question. Why he came back? Like, just just do this football lifer. Retire. He didn't want to stop playing football. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a football lifer. He didn't, but he didn't I, want to play. Like, and, I, and and now 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 let's do the reverse. Since you're making me do this with this topic, Dave, I'm so excited. Let's reverse engineer this, right? Like, so why should he retire? What? Why should he retire? Why should he? Oh. Right? Like, we reverse engineer it. Like, we're saying, 
he had like a little, not we, sorry, excuse me. Let me, let me, oh my dissatisfaction, this decision. Um, I'm saying, why is he coming back? You have everything. You have all the championships, all the records, all the accolades, all the everything, all the money, all of it. You have everything. Right. Um, oh, sorry. Um, I moved in. Um, so uh, he has all those things, money, regulation, all the different things. Um, then, um, but on the flip side of that, it's like, but I'm playing great. Why would I retire when I'm playing great? And that's a great question. And nobody could answer that. You should retire. He's playing great. Right. Why should he retire? Why? Because I want him to. That's why. I mean, that's the honest answer, because I don't want him to play anymore because he drives me crazy. But in terms of play on the field, there's literally no reason he should retire. No. No. There's none. And that's what I'm saying. It just became about the age. 44-year-olds should retire. 44-year-olds in the NFL should retire. It's like when me and you get to retirement age, that's just going to be a constant question. Everybody's going to be asking us. Yep. No matter how good we feel, how good we are at jobs, people are just going to be like, you're at this point in time in your life. Aren't you thinking about retirement? Aren't you retiring? Aren't you retiring? I'm sure he probably got tired of thinking about that question. But then he retired. It was like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to do this. This is the worst. Nobody's cheering my name anywhere I go. As a matter of fact, when I get home, they don't even clap for me. Nope, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. And he doesn't care. What you accomplish? No, it's it's something to be said, man, about um that spotlight. Um and when you know, when they not cheering your name like um anymore. Um But yet I'm thinking about I'm thinking about um I don't know why I had this thought about Rocky Four when Apollo when Apollo clearly yeah. should have retired, yeah, right. He clearly was at that. He clearly was past his prime and hadn't fought in five years. And you know, what I'm saying he want to take wants to decides to take the fight with the Russian and Rocky before you know they had, they had a conversation watching the old fight, watching their old fight. And Rocky's like, "Look, you know, you were a great fighter, so on and so on. We don't know about this guy, and you know, Apollo was just hung up on someone else." Not the thought of not having his name cheered, and the thought of not him being in the middle of everything, and that he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle yeah. it. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say traditionally, and that's why I said we do need to flip this because it is unfair. It is unfair because traditionally we associate that with athletes who are past their prime holding on. Right. He's not past his prime. No. So it's unfair of us to say that to him until he's past his prime and he's just holding on like if Peyton Man would have came back yeah, after no, exactly. that season oh he yeah. would have crushed yeah, and it, it would have been deserved so. it would have been deserved absolutely so we have to wait please let it be next year for his play to fall off and then we can start getting on him about that stuff but well, he no, has a seat until his play falls let off he does let me push really back does. a little bit so I don't want to make it seem like we're being critical of the reporting. The reporters were right. No, like, I don't give a damn about the reporting. Nobody's talking about reporting. Oh, okay. I don't, All care. Right. I don't care about the reporting. That has nothing to do with this. 
Um, no, I'm saying what's not fair is that public opinion says that about him when he's playing great because he's not holding on. He's playing great. Right. He's you're doing the thing you want to do with your life at a high level at the highest level. Like, yes. who, why would you tell somebody to stop doing the, the thing they want to do? And they love you. No, like, why, who, why would you think no, that? that's insane? Right. So like, that's what I mean by public opinion, saying he should retire. That doesn't make sense. He's playing great. No. The only thing that makes sense is when I say when when I'm saying it, I'm telling you, I'm saying it for the fact that I just want him to go away. I <laughs> yeah, you want you for personal reasons. You're, you're I reason. just want him to go away. <laughs> Whatever reason. I don't care. Go away, Tom Brady. Go away. Whatever. Just go away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I'll get back to my original point about when he initially retired. I was cool. Like, I was cool with like him being retired, like beyond, like, I wasn't because I mean the NFL just you know the NFL just moves right along. Like it's just like it's no that's how it goes. Like that like they're those little quarterbacks up and coming, new rivalries, new narratives. Like yeah, like yeah, Brady's the goat, greatest player ever. But you know the NFL doesn't stop. So I like I had already put you know was already you know thinking about Joe Burrow and all these young quarterbacks and this transition to power and what have you. So. You know, I I had zero problem with him retiring from that from that standpoint. Like, all right, the NFL, yeah, I'm sure Tampa would miss him and the Brady Fanags will miss him, but yeah, the game, you know, the game will be fine. Um, so uh Brady's back and you know, they will like, you know, we all know that they will be right there amongst the top one amongst one of the top teams in the NFC in the NFL, let alone and particularly particularly the NF uh NFC. ESPN's new booth sticking with the NFL. So you have Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, Gold Lee Fox for a boatload of money. Um, $165 million between them. Aikman gets five for 90. Buck gets Buck gets five for 75. Aikman's deal is comparable to what Tony Romo got in terms of per amount of money per year. Romo, of course, got 10 years for like a hundred and 80, 175. But, you know, I was really thinking about this um, from a standpoint of, first of all, I mean, who's, where does, where does this leave Fox as far as the number one team? I, like, I was looking at some of their broadcast teams. I'm like, eh, ooh. Like, they really don't have a, they don't have a number one team right now. They're nah, they they, on that free agent market. <laughs> yo, they don't nah, have a, they they don't. Don't have a number one Nobody else. Nope, Box they ain't nobody else. Box the day, yeah, they need, yeah, they need to be, they need to pick up some free agents. They do not have yep. a number one, number one team yep. right now. They, they, hopefully, they have that Manning, uh, Sean Payton booth, something like that, in their back pocket somewhere. Um, but I also thought about it from a standpoint of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. So you leave Fox, um, you're gonna do the Monday night games. You'll do probably, you know, definitely one playoff game. They'll do some extra games in the regular season as well. But, you know, that Fox gig, you know, you you were it at Fox. Like, you had, the, you know, the 4 o'clock game that everybody, the 4 o'clock game that everybody was looking at, whether, the main game, whatever, you were on. And then you, every three to four years, you would do a Super Bowl. So, I yeah, I know it's a, boat, it's a boatload of money. I, like, don't, we, I can't, I cannot, just excuse and the money for any stretch of imagination, no. but from a job standpoint, 
Like, is it a better job? Yep. That's a lot of money, bro. What are your thoughts? No, it's a, no, it's a, it's a shit. It's a lot of money, bro. Of money. I can't, like, yeah. Fox, Fox ESPN, there's, there's not enough of a difference between those two. As a matter of fact, ESPN is, is, is bought by Disney, which, which bought most of Fox. So, um, the only negative in this, this is the only negative I can see. <laughs> Those numbers are ridiculous. <laughs> the only negative I can see, absolutely, you take this money. You don't even think twice about this. That's not even a thing. Oh, yeah. No, um, yeah, you take this money. Yeah. This isn't, it's not even a thing. That, we're not even, we're not even going to no. go in that direction. But the only negative I see in this is um, now what happens with Monday Night Football ratings-wise is on you in terms of people will look at you too and blame you too if yeah. that if that doesn't go well. Now, with that being said, um, this is a major upgrade that I can't imagine the world where this doesn't go well. This is a major upgrade over anything. ESPN. Oh yeah, I mean ESPN is a big winner in this. Yeah, so, ESPN is definitely so, and then they're big winners. I just they're don't. The big, yeah. They're this, one. This they is not a one ESPN too. unless. Unless Troy Aikman and Joe Buck phone it in, I don't know what that looks like as a broadcast team. So um that this I Fox L. Yes. Fox L. This the, everybody else wins. Everybody else wins. Everybody else wins. I honestly didn't think Disney was going to invest this much in, in, in Monday Night Football anymore. Um I didn't I I didn't think they were gonna do that. So this is this this is yep. They, 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 this month, guarantee you, guarantee, surreal, the Monday night slate is going to be pretty fantastic this year. The ESP, the, um, the political behind the scenes weight that Disney has versus homeboy by himself with Fox Sports and Fox News, um, not the same. So I'll be yeah, uh, I'll be very interested. So to your No, point, the slate's gonna be fantastic. I'm glad you bring that up because I'll be the slate. Like, I mean, the, uh optics wise, the slate will be fantastic. Now who, what the actual games look like, who knows? But the slate's gonna look fantastic. There's no way we're gonna be seeing Jacksonville no, um, yes, no. on Monday. No, 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 not this year. No, but I, not I'll year. be interested to see what they what they what their, what their slate looks like as a comparison to what Sunday night is. Like, will they close that gap as far as the, the quality of games? I mean, both games would be good. I think it was starting to trend that way ever since they were, ESPN really started complaining about it a couple years ago because their their schedule was dog ish. Like, oh, three, yeah. we, I mean, but it was we, bad. They have years. It was so bad. Happening. I was like, ooh, yeah, this is this is Thursday, early Thursday night. <laughs> um, uh, and so, uh, and so it's been trending that way. I think this move. This shows the investment. This shows the investment. Hopefully, this makes effing um, uh, Homeboy and Romo step up their game because they've been real lazy with it. Uh huh. So, hopefully, they step up their game off of this one because uh, that's, man, that's, that's a I mean, will they, will they have to step up their game? Sunday is going to belong to CBS. It's going to belong to them. They're no, no, no. Compete. Here's why. Here's the, here's the stepping up a game. The perception of who's the best booth. That's oh, what they're gotcha. fighting yeah. for. Yep. That's yeah. what they're fighting for. 
And that's why I'm saying, like, I really do think, like, Troy Aikman was really mad that the other company got um, the Dallas-San Francisco game. Yeah, he was really upset about that. No, you you um, called it. You were on top of it. He was pissed. I was listening to him on the air, and Buck tried to smooth it over with the laugh, but no, Aikman was, and, and feed it, I mean, he gaslit Aikman after it, but that, that, First shot, that was all Aikman, and that was all raw emotion. Um, and uh, you know, I'm sure he's looking at this, you know, if we're analyzing this like we analyze football, right? Football teams, he's looking at the situation, right? Like this team, this this place that I came to was a dynasty. Passed the torch from Madden, right? Right. That's a dynasty, and Fox encapsulate was growing and encapsulated everything. Now we come to current events. Um, Disney owns most of Fox outside of Fox Sports and Fox News. So you got a very shrinking empire, a team that is losing players left and right, losing assets left and right. And then they can't come up with the money to outbid CBS for an NFL game. I know Troy Aikman looked at that situation and said, I, at the very least, I need to go to the team that will have the money to out to at least outbid. Now, if the NFL swoops in and says, nah, it has to go this way, so be it, or the contract, so be it. But he needs a team. He needs to play for a team that at least is going to spend the money. And yeah, this I mean, his contract proves that he's going to spend the money. He uses force analogy. Aikman did, Aik, yeah. Aikman did not see Fox no longer as a contender, basically. No, no he did not. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm saying eight because he voices. I'm sure Buck was pissed off as all hell. He just knows how to do it better as a broadcaster. But I'm sure he was pissed off as all hell too. I'm sure. It'd be interesting how this affects his world, his his baseball stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I mean, if, you know. if at all, I mean, I, I it won't affect him. No. I'm just wondering how uh the because doesn't Fox isn't Fox don't they do the World Series? Yeah, Am I wrong on that? World Series. yeah, Fox, FS1, okay, yeah. yeah, that they do. Uh, that. I mean, like it just be it'll just be interesting. I mean, his he loves baseball, that's his jam. Nothing will change on his part, I'm sure. It'll just be interesting to see does Fox hold a grudge on this one. Right. Be interesting. Yep. Yeah, but the big yeah, big winners Aikman, Buck, and 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 the money oh, night bought, bought in general. Like it, those numbers weren't imaginable to them a couple years ago. No, no, yeah, they, should think, they should thank Tony Romo's agent. <laughs> Aikman's been retired for how long? He just signed a five year, ninety million dollar yeah, guaranteed yeah, yeah, deal. Yeah, never made no exact. Those, on, those numbers now? dwarf his pay his uh what he made as a pro. Now? You can't win, man. Yeah. The champagne bottles that are being popped <laughs> at the Bucket Aikman household. My goodness. Yeah, man. Yeah, he he uh yeah, he never yeah, like he this, never this made is, yeah. that money in, in, uh, Yeah, this is win. This is win. No, he no, he listen. I mean uh, he that like I said, Romo's Romo drove the market up, so he deserves a lot of credit too, because he drove he's driven that market in terms of this is what 
a top. Well, I mean, look, I don't know, homie. I mean, look, they paid him an ungodly amount of money that nobody was even dreaming of. So I want to say CBS redefined that market. Yes. Yeah, too. I don't yes. remember, and maybe I'm wrong with this, and I definitely don't think I am. I don't remember there being a, a bidding war for Romo that was escalating that price to that level. That was never reported. No. So, yeah. I mean, like, yes, Romo being different from them is what got Romo paid. Now, that they should absolutely thank Romo for. Um that he brought a different energy that got him being paid, but I still don't understand what CBS was doing. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, it, yeah, it was it, as good as Romo is. Romo's very good. Yeah, it was a clear overpay. Nobody, nobody at that time was coming close to that amount of money. Surreal. Say the numbers of his contract out loud. Please. Ten years, one hundred, basically eighty million dollars. Now, here's what I would love. For you to do look at the average broadcaster's contract in the year before that right right like well i'll look it up as we continue to talk this conversation but yeah how about this guaranteed is nowhere close to 100 what'd you say 140 million dollars 180 180 million dollars guaranteed there were no and damn sure there were no 10-year contracts like all of that is like insane none of that like that's that's like uh surreal Let's like let's pay. We want you to uh, be a a teacher at the school, so we're going to pay you seventy million dollars. Like what? <laughs> like, what? Then you skipped a whole bunch of steps, and now we're at seventy million dollars. And hell yeah, everybody else who thinks they're better than you or good as good as you is going to be asking for that type of money from that point on. Absolutely. So yes, Romo being different. And good at being different from them, put him at high value dollars. CBS put that into outer space for some reason. Still unclear to me, but for some reason. Oh, this is a nice segue. So, a little potpourri here um, before we get to, to a little potpourri here, some um, in terms of pop culture, but. Before we get to that, I have a couple of questions for you. How powerful is the media in 2022? What do we define as media? Um, and I guess in terms of like the yes, idea right. of the how, I guess let's base it off the I, I can't answer this question. How, I can't answer it now. I can't answer it. I can't answer it. No, hold on, hold on. Um, the traditional how guys, how athletes are reacting like react to what's been said about them, about marriages and what have you. Well, here's what I'm saying. The traditional sports side, so I can't answer that. And I'll answer that question within this, within, within my response. The traditional sports media like ESPN holds no sway anymore. None of that holds sway. Well, holds sway is social media, is public opinion, how that is being, being navigated. I know social media is a broad term. I'm older and I do not care to dive into the individual parts of it. Um, it's lost to me and I don't want to. Um, and so, and so I know there's way more intricacies within that dynamic, but, um, if you define the media, as you said, in terms of just opinion, 
of who you are as a player, as a person, as everything, then it holds massive sway. But in terms of like ESPN, Fox Sports, Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless, um, Steven, however you want to break, they hold no sway at all. Zero. When the when athletes and the public could communicate directly and they could start shaping and interacting with their narratives, they, that there's no need for the middleman. That's, that's the tough reality of the situation. Yeah, because I, so... Or no, no might be a little bit harsh. I'll go very little. I'll give them some credit, sure. So, to your point, there used to be a time. There used to be a time. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard him say this. Um, Mike Francesa, you know, obviously um, legendary talk radio talk show host. He did the NFL Today. Worked on the NFL Today with Brent Musburger and that that legendary team. And they was they. He said that they could. There was a time that they could hold a story for an entire week. Yeah. Like they, yeah. like they would, they would hold, like they could literally hold a a, a news breaking story for the entire yeah. week without it breaking. That's not happening, of course, in twenty twenty two. Yeah, like, it's impossible. Yeah, them days long gone. Oh, and, that's hilarious. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, you're talking the eighties, oh, so dude. you know. Yeah, I yeah. know that. I mean, it's just hilarious. Like, try holding a story for five hours now. Right. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. No, but, a week that that's that's yep. Those are ancient times. Those were. I think, yeah. To your point, I, yeah. I don't think the media has a. I don't think the media is very powerful. Um, in, in regards to, I think I think players have gotten. I think the players have like, the ultimate chess move was, so to speak, if you want to call it that, was social media, and that, and even with what we're doing right now in terms of podcasts. Like, if I'm a player. Like yeah, you could put out a narrative about me, but I can immediately retort with my own podcast, my own YouTube, and like you said, that direct to consumer, um, that direct to uh consumer interaction. So that's kind of like that to me has been kind of like a, you know, kind of really t- taking some of the power, if not most of the power that the media had, basically away. Um. With having those being you know, big, the guys being able to have their own platforms and, and, and what have you. Now again, there you know, there are always going to be some reporters and what have you that will live in, in these athletes' heads in regards to what they say about them or write about. Them. That's just all in the game. But that's not that's not power. That's just you know somebody a guy getting pissed off about you know you you know Russell Westbrook you know things of that nature. And I think the counter to that, as far as what the media is trying to do, is so you'll see, like a Skip Bayless or Stephen A. just try to dial it up to like ten thousand to try to generate. To they, they went on the attack as far as they. It, it was a time as a media member, you you were not trying to be the story. So you now now twenty twenty two, you have guys that it, they're trying to be the story instead of just. Telling the story of reporting the story, they're trying to actually be a part well, of the, the story. The whole idea of a hot take offends me personally, as somebody who loves traditional media, I'm journalism, 
um, because it is it is literally I'm gonna say the most outrageous thing, so that I'm noticed. That's right. how I'm gonna do it. It has nothing to do with what I'm reporting. Is how many outrageous things I can say. I've heard Stephen A. And you know I don't listen to him on a regular basis. So I've heard Stephen A. Say that he doesn't even remember what he said yesterday half the time. Because he's just coming up with take after take after take after take after take. And so what his take was on this thing, and that's that's also part of it that offends me, is that I don't have to be consistent in my argument anymore. I don't have to to understand reality. In fact, I'm being harsh. Um, but I, I don't have to be consistent in my argument um, anymore because it's all about the moment and the now, and that's just not accurate. It's lazy. Uh, shifting to, to um, some movie history here. Uh, so there were two premieres that came out with The Godfather. Uh, this is this marks the 50th anniversary of when The Godfather came out. They had a premiere on March 14th, and they had one on the 24th. I think the 24th was the one where it came out nationwide. Basically, I mean, it's 50 years old. Um, you, I thought about this when I, when I, when it came up that this was the 50th anniversary because you are, you know, like myself, it's just kind of like a, just, you know, a mafia movie, just aficionado in terms of watching it and being into it. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on the legacy of the Godfather 50 years I, later? I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much. I saw, like I was standing in the grocery store line. I looked over to the right and there was a magazine, a time magazine that was completely, um, relegated to uh, or was completely about the legacy of the Godfather, and it was fourteen dollars, and I bought it instantly. Yep. it just it just the it's a it's a dominant movie. It's just a dominant movie. It's a dominant movie. It's, just, it's it's one of the greatest movies of all time. It checks every box. Um, it's a pop. It's a phenomenized pop culture. Last all the all the um. The things that they're talking about, all the things resonate over time. Everything. It's all the things. It's all the things. It's just a dominant movie. It's just a dominant, dominant movie. And so um, when I look at that movie, I mean, it's just like, it, it, it's, it, it is this simple. It's, it's, if you bear with me for a second, to be a little bit personal. Um, uh, it is the, it's the movie that um, every single time I see my mother, she's like, um, we have to watch The Godfather. So it's just like, it's one of those things, no matter how many times you see it, no matter, or, or here's what I say, it's a movie where no matter what, I mean, we've all seen it a lot of times. Um, no matter when it's on, you stop and you just watch the whole thing. Yeah. No matter, like, like it'd be on, like I have a hard, fast rule that, um, you know, if I own it, I don't want to watch it on anything else other than the thing that I own because I buy the, the, the version that I want to watch. The Godfather is exempt from that. I could be flipping to when I had Kate flipping through and the Godfather's on, I'm going to stop. And then inevitably, I'm going to watch to this end. If I, I I'm just going to watch to this end. It's just inevitable. Um, and so, uh, it is it's a movie that um has been in my life 
for my entire life um, because it's my mother's favorite movie um, and, uh, and, you know, has absolutely become, I mean, man, if it's not my favorite, it's top three. I would really have to think about it, but if it's not my favorite, it's top three. Um, and, you know, we'll just continue to go on and on in not only my family, but in this, this, this landscape of cinema for forever. Forever. It's a classic. It's timeless. You can't give this movie enough flowers. You really can't. No. No. It, so, it's all the point, every time it comes on, and I own it on DVD, of course, but every time it comes on television, I don't care if it's regular cable or even AMC, something like that. Like, yeah, I like I have to have to watch it. Like, um, and no matter where it's at in the film either, um, to be honest with you. Um, I guess it was the first movie that I watched that I thought that made me think about more than just acting and storyline. Like you look at the Godfather, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the like the music, the cinematography, you know what I'm saying? Like because it covers, like to a point, it covers everything, everything, lighting, whatever, whatever part. Like it covers all of it. Is done at a level that very few movies have ever been done at. So that, to me, where it stood out to me from from that standpoint. Um, and you're talking about, you know, a cast that, I mean, you know, Marlon Brando is considered, you know, it, it, like possibly the greatest actor ever uh, up there, certainly in that conversation. Uh, you got Al Pacino. You know what I'm saying? You see a young Al Pacino. Um, one of the greats. Again, one of the greatest actors ever. And then you just see this cast of just, like the casting was just perfect. It was like a perfectly cast movie. Like everybody, Fredo and, you know, the Vito's men, um, uh, I can't. I can't even think of his 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 man, his guys that he grew up with, uh, Clemenza and uh, Clemenza and uh, the other the other dude. Um, Pat Clemenza. Yeah, Pat Clemenza. Clemenza and the other guy that that they that came along with every like Abe the Abe go to play. Um, it like yeah, no, it, it's a movie that just like I said, it's the, in my opinion, it's my personal personal opinion that it is the greatest movie of all time. Um. A lot of people, a few people that try to argue that the Godfather Two is better. I disagree with that. I love parts. I think I think Godfather Two is the greatest sequel, in my opinion. But I I, I can't put two over one. Um, but the first one is just like I said, the, like to your point, that idea of family, and then the idea of just how business, like there are corporations that even to this day that use. Methods minus we're not of course talking about killing, but in terms of business methods that the Godfather takes from the Godfather, so that like, yeah, things of that nature. So, you know, it is um, again, it's amazing. It's been you know fifty years, but uh, that, that those are movies. Like I said, that's a movie that's just like a, a, a just an artistic masterpiece. It goes like, you know, we talk about music with like Illmatic and stuff. There are, there are pieces of art that go beyond music and beyond film. Like they're just like from that standpoint, the Godfather is certainly on that um, at that at that place. 
Will or not, the Super Bowl champion coming out the AFC West. Okay. Well, I have been very patient. <laughs> I cannot answer this question without Yeah, you yes. My yeah, I've you been very patient. Now you're testing me. I'm not no. I'm not doing I can't I know I can no longer hold it in on this one. Okay, so the reason I decided was Von Miller has signed with the Buffalo Bills. Yep. I'm about to get real cocky right now. Um, the no, because no, because we're gonna smash whoever the hell comes out the West. So that's how I feel right now in this moment. Now looking at this question, I just had to state that. Um, now looking at this question, um, it is going to be tremendously challenging for the team to come out of this division to be the ultimate Super Bowl champion because I believe these teams will start to cannibalize themselves. Meaning that that division is, is um, arming up in a football sense, meaning they're signing very, very talented players at such a rapid clip um, because Denver escalated this um, to such a situation that they are just building teams to destroy each other. Um, and so uh, Kansas City's, ooh, how about this for a hot take right now? Ain't no way Kansas City's in the Super Bowl next year. All these teams are constructing themselves in their division to destroy them. Um, so Kansas City, so they can Give everybody a rundown of the players that have, been, that have made their way to the division. Um, either through trade or free agency. So, Russell Wilson, of course. Russell Wilson, Randy Gregory to Denver. You have uh, Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson to the Chargers. Uh, Chandler Jones just signed with the with the Raiders this uh, this afternoon. Um, so, to Rob's... Hey, Bill, we weren't talking about four and 12 teams before. No. Three and no. 13, you know, whatever the record is, 17 games. You know what I'm trying to say. Before. Right. These are good players going to good teams. Yes. The only team in that division that didn't make the playoffs was San Diego. And that's because the Raiders knocked them out, right? Like, right. like they're going to, they're going to fight each other. So, and the other teams, I'm not. Here's what I'll say. I'm not. There is not a path, right? for all four teams out of the AFC West to come out of the West, right? Like, there's not a path no. to that. That's not even realistic, right? So then, then you start talking about three, okay? And so what you need in the other divisions is for the other divisions, just for the other, the other AFC divisions, the top team to be the only team, right? And it just doesn't play itself out that way across the AFC. And so two out of the four are going to go make it into the playoffs at there. And whichever two out of these four that come in, there's an argument that they'll be forged out of still. But I also, because, because it's so chaotic and it's all just coming together, it's going to take so long. It's going to take a, a second for all these teams to get their footing. Um, uh, that to me leans more towards they're just going to beat the hell out of each other 
more so than somebody will rise above this. Now, next year, we're going to be having a different story, a different conversation. But as of coming into this year, I think they cannibalize each other and not one come out of the AFC West because the Bills are winning the Super Bowl. I said it. I did. I did. It came out of my mouth. Finally, it came out of my mouth. This was the sign I was waiting for. This was it. This was it. This is the one. This is the one. We're mm-hmm. adding Von Miller to number one defense. This is yeah. it. No, that you, I, that's you, the only so. thing. And I can't say that's the only thing we were for real, for real lacking. I was just, I looked on defense. I was like, I need somebody to make a play. And there was nobody that could just make a play. That's it. That's all we need is somebody on defense who can just make a play. Bobby Wagner was my number one goal on defense. He's now icing on the cake. I never thought Bobby Wagner was a bust for Brandon Staley. Does he have to go to the Super Bowl? Who? The Charger coach. No, not Super Bowl, real. That's too much. I mean, at least get get there. Playoffs, definitely. Playoffs, definitely. That division's too hard. You can't put that up. Like, that division's psychotic. Like, real, we've never seen anything. We got to come to grips with this. We've never seen anything like this. It's too hard. There's no way. That's not fair. Unless you just want to Listen, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure Rick Carlisle I'm sure Rick Carlisle didn't thought, think it was fair when he made it to the conference championship and got fired for Larry Brown. I don't think he thought that was fair. No, no. If you have somebody these, looming. These circumstances, these circumstances don't make sense. You can't. You, you don't like, even have that Sean Payton looming. No, no, I do. I do. And so, like I'm saying, if they do it, they just wanted to fight. It's just that simple. This doesn't right. have anything to win the Super Bowl or not win the Super Bowl. It is unrealistic to put those expectations. San Diego, how about this? San Diego, and I'm saying it with my chest, will not win a Super Bowl this year. That's not a thing. No. So, no. they just want to fight. They just want Sean Payton. And that's fine. I have no problem with that, but it has nothing to do with they didn't win a Super Bowl. Because there ain't no way they win a Super Bowl. No. No. They, I, yeah. Well, I'm, but I, I, here's what. How about this? Let's, I'll tie this to the, the previous topic with Monday Night Football. We will be seeing a lot of the AFC West on Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. yeah. Guarantee you that. Yeah. We will see a lot of AFC West games. But we will be there for all of these battles. And they will be absolute battles. I cannot wait. But you asked in the question, Super Bowl champion come out of the AFC West? I'm going not ready. Yeah, I mean, the AFC is loaded, period. Like, we know the West is the best division, but the AFC, I mean, Baltimore just signed to Darius Smith. We're not doing this. And New Orleans. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This yeah, the AFC is just, the AFC is loaded in general. I mean, you guys this you guys are loaded, you know, just signing Bar Miller. Um, this you know what the Bengals are. Bengals are upgrading their offensive line. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the AFC is just a gauntlet. Like, you probably, be, I mean, you're be better off not being like I, you know, a lot of times we know it comes down to you know obviously talent, but a lot of the, the teams that the, the fresher team, the mentally, the mentally, that's the thing about when I think about the FC West, like yeah, staying healthy is important, but the mental toll that it's going to take to come out that division, like what are you going to have left after you know eighteen weeks? 
coming out that division going to the playoffs. Because every game is a big game in that division. Every there's no there's no cupcakes. There's no every no, there's, there's no soft lanes. None. There's no soft lanes. Road or home. Every game is a big game. Want to get a, like get your uh, thoughts on the week that was in the NBA um, from a standpoint of uh, as we head towards the stretch stretch run. Well, a couple of things. Let's let's go with the, let's see what, <laughs> let's talk about the Sixers because I've been glued to the Sixers ever since Harden got traded to Boston. Now they are six and two since they got Harden, but three or four of those wins have come against like you know the Knicks twice. Orlando, um, the net the net game was very telling because that was just like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving saying basically send, saying sending a message to James Harden like yeah, this we got something for you. We see you in the playoffs, um, and then Harden does his normal, you know, mentally just check out and not show up for a big game. And I've seen, you know, and even even in the Denver game, where Joel and B, you know, outplays Jokic, and Denver, but you know, Denver still wins that game. Harden in that game in the fourth quarter was bad. Um, this thing has a possibility to blow up even before next year even occurs. Like the East is rough. Like it did. There's a, there's a matchup. <laughs> there's a possibility that the Sixers like could not even get out the first round. That's I mean that's a real po- that, I, like that's a real possibility. It's not. I doubt it will happen. Depending on as long as they don't say if they don't play as long as they don't play somebody like the Nets. But um, this thing is <laughs> this thing is not looking. This is I, I just the, the energy of it for the first five just games and. You got teams out, you know, team Devin, Kevin Durant comes out and says after the game, like, we just want to run them. So teams are already coming up with, like, strategies in terms of, like, how to attack them and feel comfortable with saying that. Very interesting with the Sixers to do these first uh, few games. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, Like, could, I, all this remains consistent, real. Like, it just, it just, it just, it's fine for right now. It's fine for right now. It really is. The, the bumps will come. You're right. The bumps are going to come in the playoffs because that's when Harden shrinks. Um, I it the Nets is the only matchup that will knock the sixth out in the first round. They're not losing the first round. We're not going to do that. They no. too, they're too good for everybody. Um, in the in the rest, um, uh, that they meet in the first round. Um, the second round will be where all the stuff, where all the action will will happen. We uh, we this story this story is so easy to call. It's not even challenging. We know exactly who Harden is, what Harden will do. It uh, it just it will end horribly because it always ends horribly, and that's that is the ultimate conclusion of it. We're just we're just here to to um to uh tell the story of of it ending horribly. Um, to narrate this whole thing, uh, I want to go to the Nets. You've been fascinated with the Sixers. I've been fascinated with the Nets. Fascinated, right. absolutely fascinated. Um, and so, but the same thing proves true for them. Those are two singular talents. Harden's a, another singular talent. All these to really talented to be a draw and be singular talent, semi singular talents. All this stuff. But here's the thing that everybody keeps forgetting for some reason. 
This is a team sport. We're playing a team sport. So, Harden can do Harden things. Kyrie can do Kyrie things. Durant and Embiid are just kind of around for this for these these rides. Simmons can do Simmons things, um, and none of that will equate to winning a championship. So, what are we even talking about here with these two teams? If we're not talking about that, then we're talking about the drama that's going to come. Drama's coming for both of them. It it is assured as rain will eventually fall from the sky. It's going to happen. Um, my prediction still has not waned. The real drama for Harden and the Sixers will come the first time he shrinks in the playoffs. It's not a regular season game. It just isn't enough pressure to make the make in the fan make anybody nervous at that point in time. The real the real will meet it will meet the road. The rubber will meet the road when in the playoffs he fails again. Second round or above. And then then the narratives will really start to fly. Just like everybody's had to chill on Ben Simmons being because he just hasn't played still yet. So all the hopefulness is really starting to die down on, on so everybody's nobody has changed their character out of any of this. They just moved locations. So same people, same results. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. So we've seen um, the last, I would say, 10 days, and really the whole the month of March, we've seen a number of just sterling individual performances. You saw, you know, Kyrie dropped 60 last night. That was, um, Carl, that, was Carl, that, was that was legit crazy. Paul Anthony Towns had a 60 and 17 game this past week. Uh, Tatum's had a couple of 50 point games. One is particular against Brooklyn uh, last week. Durant had a 50 point game, um, 53 point game against the Knicks. Um, I'm, I'm leaving one out. Somebody else had dropped uh, 50. LeBron dropped 50. Why are you leaving LeBron? LeBron, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I'm trying uh-huh, to block. Uh-huh, LeBron's yeah. had two 50-point games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I tried to block the Lakers out of my mind, but yes. I know you did, but I wasn't going to let you. Yeah, of course you. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the only time we win now is when LeBron drops 50. He has to drop 50. He, have to, he has to drop 50 in order for the win. He does. He does have to drop. Um, he does. What are your thoughts on these individual performances, in particular these in the month of March? Um, I saw the March. My thing is like, what do what do we want? Cookies now? Great players put up great numbers. Isn't that what they're supposed to do? So, I of course enjoy watching it. That's kind of the point, and that's kind of been the point the whole time. So, good. I'm I am excited to see it. I do not, or at least right now, I don't understand the correlation of March. It doesn't. I'm not exactly, I don't know what that means. I don't think it means anything, to be honest with you, real. But uh, if it does, I, it's, uh, it's not, I don't know what it is. But I'm glad great players are making great, are having great games. I wish that was the norm. More the norm. Yeah, I mean, I think just, I mean, it just shows to me, and like to your point, yeah, great players are making, are just playing great. But I think to me, it shows 
how much depth is in the league as far as the talent pool. Like, there's, I mean, there's so many talented players, even on some of the bad teams. Like, you know, Detroit's horrible, but Kay Cunningham has played great though in the last month uh, since he's gotten, gotten healthy in the last month and a half. Um, yeah, I mean, you got, like, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I think that it's, like, it's going to make it harder to win um, because of how much depth, I mean, because of how much the depth of talent. Like, I, I don't think you're going to see moving forward, like, one team just, like, I, I don't think you're going to see a Golden State situation. I don't. No. I just don't. Oh, that was not fun. That was not fair. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no. No, please don't ever let that happen. Like there is a, I mean the league is, I mean the league is deep. Like I'm, I mean you know, and this is without like they're missing. We like we're missing players. Like you know, like Jamal Murray's an All Star caliber player. Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George are All Stars. So it's not like you got and, guys. And it's even, like what you're saying is, and it's so good that the big three era is over because it disperses more talent. Yeah. So I I can't wait. I can't wait to the playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we get the sense of where the West is going. I mean, you can't uh, like I, I'm not I'm not a believer in Dallas. I'm not a believer in Utah. It's, it's Phoenix. It's Phoenix and Golden State. That's that's the Western Conference. Like let's let's just cut through everything. It's Phoenix and Golden State. Uh, but the East is going to be a bloodbath. Like. You know, even at the bottom, you got even those teams like you know Boston and Toronto will be tough outs. How, how hard they play and how good they are defensively. But uh, the la- the amount of talent that's in this league, in terms of the depth of the amount of talent that's in this league across the board, is is really at I mean, is at a high high level. I think I you know I think ple- you know people might get annoyed by you know, players, you know, like, like you might really so, you know, players like hard and asking out and some things of that nature. But the, the, the skill set is undeniable. I need somebody, a lot of these guys, like you is like, this is all you cannot is it's ridiculous. The skill set, some of these players uh, in 2022. Agreed. So definitely looking forward towards the sorts of playoffs as we head towards the um as we head towards the stretch run here. I have one thing that they need to do with the play in. I don't need we don't need for I, this one I think this would this would be the perfect play in. So to me, in my opinion, let the seventh seed in. Like if you finish top seven, you should be automatically in the playoffs. You shouldn't have to be in the play in as a seventh seed. Have no temp seed, okay. No temp seed, and have a a winner take all for the eighth, the eighth and ninth seed for the win, for a winner take all. What do you think about that? I I I like it. So I'm, I like it. I I'm think there's lots of tweaking to be done. So I think I think I yes. I'm awarding like I'm awarding a top seventeen like I'm awarding them for what they've done in the regular season. And I'm eliminating a bad team possibly getting getting in for, with a, a temp seed. Whatever keeps teams playing hard for the longest, I am for. I hate tanking. You know this. I hate it. 
I hate it. It's stupid. It's the worst thing ever. Um, so whatever cheats teams playing hard for long periods of time, I'm for. And I agree with you rewarding the team that plays the hardest the longest, even if they're the seventh seed, is perfect. And then I also agree, of course, letting bad teams in the playoffs is not good. That's not a good thing. So, yes, that I, that checks a lot of the boxes for me. So I like it. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with this moving forward because I I just I just don't like this like the fucking like the late the Lakers on my team I don't I don't want to see the Lakers in the playoffs I mean come on like I I just don't like what the, like Lakers are knife tipsy um, like you have the Lakers are like eleven games under five hundred you got the the Pelicans are like thirteen games under five hundred like what like, what are we talking about here I don't see either, I don't see either one of those teams in the playoffs. Agree. So, you know, but you know, we'll see what they, we'll see what uh, Adam Silver does uh, moving forward. Uh, moving forward in terms of that, I got a feeling they're gonna tweak that somewhat after this year. I just can't. Uh, I don't think. I, I hope they tweak it. I, I, I maybe they maybe they won't, but I just don't think it's necessary to have uh, like ten, ten spots. Like I, like I just think you one of those teams you could just just. Dismiss. Uh, to be honest with you, at the, at the bottom. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. As always, thanks to Robert Sapp, an excited Robert Sapp, as he got oh, uh, on the Christmas gift. Von no, Miller. Um, to the Buffalo Bills, so he can get over. He can get over losing JT JD McKissack. Who decided who could come back with us? Yeah, somehow, somewhere I'll get over that. Somehow. <laughs> oh boy, I think Jay Z must have JD must have liked the you know that mambo sauce. I don't know, like I like I, I saw it out late. Sure, it was good. He's you know like decent player, whatever. But, also, uh, the next article I read about your commander is doing some crazy stuff. I thought an Asian accusing y'all of lying. I was just like, I can't with this team. Yeah. Y'all can't help yourselves. No. Nope. Just can't help yourselves. Can you have one positive thing happen? Just one? Just one. No. 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 <laughs> no. no. I can't even enter free agency correctly. Like, come on. No. Get together. Oh, speaking of it, I'd like, yeah. Professional football team, get it together. Yeah, that that's never gonna happen. <laughs> there was one last free agent thing that I, I wanted. I I just it just popped up in my head. So there's a rumor about that Atlanta was signed was signed Deshaun Watson and then trade Matt Ryan to Indianapolis. That was like I, I heard I, that. That the Deshaun Watson lo- noise is at a depth and level. You you are you are correct. This one I might have to eat some humble pie on. And I'm fine with it, but it's at a definite level. So yeah, I heard that one too. I've heard a lot of them. I heard that one too. Yep. Be a good look for Matt. Be a good look for Matt Ryan on Indianapolis. The one that I heard that I liked was um, Deshaun Watson traded to uh, or goes to. Let's take all the different factors out because I can't do that mentally right now. But Deshaun Watson goes to. Um, was it no? It wasn't New Orleans. Um, 
Carolina? No, it wasn't Carolina either. Anyways, it doesn't matter because here's what I liked about the 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 other moves that come off it. Jimmy Garoppolo is in um in uh not Tennessee. Uh, well, I'm blanking on all of it. Anyways, Deshaun, Deshaun Washington's noise is getting loud. Let me answer just your questions that I'm trying to remember all these different things I heard. Um, the that Deshaun Watson in Atlanta, when I heard that first, I like I said, that makes sense to me. That makes sense. That's an environment that would be welcoming of Deshaun. Way more than the other one that we were talking about or, or somebody was mentioning to me. Um, so in terms of environment, I like it because this is this next year for him is just going to be whenever he plays again, it's just going to be about rehabilitating his image. Right. It's not going to be about how many games he wins. No. So it's more important that he, if he's leaving Houston, he goes to the best situation for him. And that won't be necessarily being in primetime limelight immediately. So I would caution him against going to any big market teams. Oh, I know what I like. It was um, it was uh, uh, Garoppolo going to the Steelers. Yes, I heard that. That's why I like. And then yes. it was somebody going to the Colts that I liked as well. Um, uh, oh, Russell Wilson. No, not Russell Wilson. Um, uh, because it was Russell was in Denver, and then the Colts traded Carson Wentz to Philly. So, um, who are the free agent quarterbacks that are out there? It is is Garopp- I like Garoppolo going to going to the Steelers. Um, and then no, the Steelers because Steelers just did Trubisky. Maybe it was like uh, Garoppolo going to. Um, I know what it was. I like I like the idea of Garoppolo going to uh to Indianapolis. I like that. Yeah, I that makes sense. I think that's a good situation for him. No, that would be perfect. That's a perfect situation uh, for him with the running game and defense. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I actually I like when initially when it was initially proposed when I initially read it I liked Deshaun Watson in Atlanta. That situation makes sense to me. Yeah, if he's leaving Houston, that that's a good place for him to go. So. We will see what happens. As always, thanks to Robert Sapp for joining the program. All right, sir. Appreciate uh, you. Enjoy the rest of your evening, sir. We'll talk later. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Of course, tomorrow I will be doing my episode five, season five, episode five of Snowfall. This episode tomorrow, that episode tonight, this was be fire tonight like this is supposed to be a real big time episode halfway we will be halfway through the season so certainly we'll have a lot to chew on tomorrow um when i do that episode so stay tuned for that tomorrow this episode of the podcast will be up later on this evening enjoy the rest of your evening so long